Welcome to Concafe al Martino with coffee in the morning. Last time we were talking about discrimination with Luigi Mastromarino and he brought up how a leader should handle discrimination in the work field. This brought me to think about it for a long while. What does leadership actually mean? Who is a leader in the work environment? A lot of people think once you have responsibility for a team, then you're a leader. Or a lot of people are talking about leadership when we're talking about the position of a team lead or head of department or other management roles. Actually, I also had that opinion for a very long time, but over the last years, I recognized that leadership is much more in my opinion. I learned a lot. I was thinking about how leadership is viewed and personally, I think everybody can be a leader, whether you are responsible for personnel or not. To get another perspective on this topic, I have invited back Christoph Berner. Welcome, Christoph. Hello. Christoph, we've already talked a lot about your experience in the very first episode on this podcast, uh, mainly being a trainer over many years where we were talking about your trainer skills. Today, we're going to go and look at leadership because you also went through a lot of different team lead styles over the years as we had a discussion before and you've also been a leader yourself in many different situations. Christoph, before we delve into your experience as a team lead yourself, I would like to hear about the experiences you had with all the different leadership styles you experienced over the years. Yes, Hendrik, um, that is indeed a very intense topic and a very uh, actual one. And uh, I do uh, realized a whole lot of times when I had different leadership styles uh, within the team I was working in um, that a lot of people see it differently. And it's about the interpretations of the leader for a team or a department um, and what the focus is set on. Um, on the role itself, how your interpretation plays out, as in how you um, actually manage a team and you would re react to certain situations or events, or are you also interested in leading the personnel or staff or yourself uh, into different territory, uh, into different uh, aspects of working together uh, and building also an, or creating an atmosphere. So is it really just you being interested about that things are run pretty well and good or are you also looking into how things are run <laughs> within a team or certain individuals interacting with one another and not trying to maybe achieve something together, uh, pursue a goal or uh, have deadlines to, f uh, to fulfill. So ultimately, uh, I learned about the importance of um, relationships, about uh, transactions, human transactions, uh, about respect and trust, all those uh, buzzwords you would bring out and also realizing while I was in the midst of it that those are not just empty word shells. Those are actually uh, items that appear in your daily life, working with people, and you need to somehow uh, fill them or bring them to life. And it's really also up to you to do that. Christoph, if I understand you correctly, you say that the 
personal aspect is the very important part in leadership. It's not just about you managing a team bringing results, but managing the people to enable them bringing those results. In a sense, that is true. Uh, what I would like to differentiate uh, from is managing and leading people. As I can handle a bunch of individuals trying to make their daily work go pretty much as smooth as possible, trying to tell them what is to be done next, what they need to be doing for me or their team. But is it really looking into the potential of people and looking into uh, people's relationships they have with one another, the team, and uh, also yourself? So, as I said, these are not empty word shells. You have to gonna work with those terms and, and you have to bring those definitions out yourself. As obviously there's always going to be some good advice that you can pick up along the way. And maybe even more experienced leaders can help you tackle a few aspects and by showing, telling, exchanging with you. But it's at the end, you who's going to come up with the exact definitions of what that actually means to you and how you envision that to play out in your team, in your department, and so on. It's a very interesting distinction between managing and leading. Can you give us a few examples with the different leadership styles you've experienced? Well, there's certainly many I could think of. Um, obviously, I'm not going to say any names, but in, in a sense that if you're really just trying to deliver what you maybe had set as a, set out as a goal or what you had been told to deliver and you would just apart from that not care about how people feel doing it uh, whether that really scratches their potential whether they're bored maybe scared fearful of new tasks or responsibilities and you're just pretty much overseeing that things are done and you don't really pay attention to how it's done. And that in itself is something that I call neglect. It is really just looking after the uh, waypoints and thresholds that you set for your team and yourself, but you're not actually listening or look or paying attention how you get there. Going with the wording I used before, this would go into just managing. Exactly. That's what I would want to lay out here. and. Maybe that brings us to the first criterion that I would maybe think most important for what is a good leader all about. I think it's it's the leader wanting to become a leader and and taking that responsibility up by not just uh, managing, but yes, leading people. Well, during my career, I was working in team settings that would enable me to look at different sorts of leader styles. And I have observed uh, quite often times that there was always a, a sense of dissatisfaction uh, when leaders or superiors, line managers for that matter, would simply uh, just not pay attention or talk to people and talk to them about their expectations and what they're actually been asked to achieve. Um, or neglect doubts, fear, or any form of uh, exchange, or they would just simply block it beyond uh, the actual task that needed to be fulfilled. And, and oftentimes also it would just go hand in hand with them not being able to properly support a certain task or a certain 
endeavor that maybe the entire team or an individual would engage into or would use the team as a place for their own projections on how wonderful, great and fantastic they are. They would not look at the achievements of the team, would not look at the failure, would not really be able to give feedback and would be really consumed with themselves rather than uh, looking at the people who actually work for them and, and do all the work that it's done or needed to be done. And I've been in those situations where I observed exactly that and uh, that made me wonder uh, what's actually going not so well, what is it really, what, what's the mistake here and, and what would I, if I were in this situation, do differently and a whole lot of times that would include a relationship. Uh, not a personal one, don't get me wrong, but a relationship, I'll be honest, to the extent that there's also a factor looked into that is, how do you feel doing all of that? And uh, am I willing to receive feedback from individuals in my team? Thank you very much for sharing that. Going on from those experiences, I'd be interested in, and I think our listeners would also be interested in, how did you start your team lead role? What were the first expectations on you? Maybe also what fears did you have from your, your previous experiences with your line managers? Well, first of all, um, no matter how skilled you would think you are at the end, um, it all comes to you step by step. Because a very important lecture uh, leadership does for one or did for me, is the experience of changing perspectives. Obviously, uh, me being under leadership gives me other viewpoints and other uh, angles to look at a certain situation, um, oftentimes just focusing on myself and being very centered around my issues or my tasks and when I actually started, or when I was setting out to take up leadership roles, um, it taught me quite a lot uh, in a sense that how am I perceiving this role when I'm actually f trying to or fill it up with my values and what I deem to be important and correct, and how am I being perceived by others and constantly trying to look into is everybody all right? Is everybody getting what they need to uh, actually work together and uh, be up to speed with what the team is actually doing and would they actually understand me when I talk to them? And there's probably also a difference when you uh, go up in ranks and you've been working with your colleagues for quite some time and you just suddenly find yourself um, then maybe perhaps leading them as a team lead or any other leadership role or when you're just completely new to all of that and you just hit the team and then you start getting to know one another and that also happened uh, both uh, instances I, I was finding myself in and, and having to deal with this or, or trying to tackle this. You mentioned before that the relationship in that regard is very important and it sounds like it was very important to you at that stage. In those situations where you've worked with the people in a team before you then assumed the position of their leader, I guess it's easy to work on the relationship, to 
pick up on what you what kind of relationship you had before as colleagues and change a little bit the viewpoint and improve on that base how did you deal with those people that were new that you did not have a previous base before well i said um everybody seems to interpret or define the role of leadership just a little different than you are doing it yourself and what's really important what i learned is to really uh try to reach out and handle expectations of each and every one on the team uh, including your your own obviously so it's about clarity it's about you willing to open up and listen it's about asking uh for these expectations, the one they have in you, and then also vice versa, what expectations you would uh, be very much inclined to to raise up and, and communicate to your team or individuals in your team. And that's not always done. And I also made the mistake of maybe sometimes not having been clear enough and then looking back and, and realizing that, well, I wasn't really giving them much to work with and I was not really uh, being clear about what I wanted and now it can hardly be me uh, at this point in time uh, now complaining that everybody didn't get the point or that uh, maybe I'm not so satisfied with the outcome, the delivery item. So that taught me quite a bit because it always led back to me. Uh, whenever there was a problematic situation where I had to handle a team or, or individuals in a team. And that is quite a game changer in, when you realize that, that it is not them having not performed well. That might just be what it looks like, but it's maybe you having forgotten of very important trigger points in the beginning when trying to bring people to cooperate and work with one another. So that indeed was a great realization for me expectations i hear from that that it's very important to have the skill of self-awareness and self-reflection going back into how you communicated things how things were communicated to you but i also hear a very important point that i just want to um, repeat for our listeners you said that you need to communicate your expectations to your employees and that doesn't only mean the expectations in work results but also how you are working together in the team or department and then you mentioned the point of managing the expectations your employee has towards you can you can you delve deeper into that importantly is that Your experiences uh, uh, on one end uh, weigh a whole lot or tons more than actual advice you'd be getting. Um, and it is not just uh, about theoretical preparation. So if you take up responsibility for people, uh, then you really have to look at the your own ability to look at potential and try to develop it. And expectations are also one major part of this as if you don't know what, what a person is out to achieve or what goals are set or whether there's any form of predetermination of what ought to be in the future and you have no absolutely no clue about all of that, then you might be able to still achieve results 
that will always go hand in hand with some sort of discomfort and uh, maybe even people breaking away. Um, and I'd like this to be a clear point as well. And what I'm trying to say is it is not that you're supposed to be nosy and, and, and uh, talk about your private uh, concerns or your personal life or, or having to answer uncomfortable questions to your superior. It's really just about you taking interest of what's going on besides of all of that. Uh, what you're doing at work and and give permission the unspoken permission that people can open up to you and if they have concerns that this is actually part of who they are and you're getting the full package you're not just simply getting the eight hours work that you pay them for if you happen to have a full-time job but you also get the person who has a life and has uh, some sort of uh, arrangements in his mind of how things should be and if they're miserable uh and dealing maybe with some parts of their work, it could have completely different underlyings, and you should at least open up and give permissions for people to also uh, include that part of their lives. That is a very interesting point. Now I'm getting curious because how you described your first experiences and then your ongoing experience as a, a leadership um, stands in contrast of how you told us about your experiences before. So I would like to know what was an important point or an, an important experience you had that changed your view. You've already said leadership can be done in many different styles and everybody does it a little bit differently. But I guess there must have been some kind of event. Well, if you're asking for an example, then I can actually talk about about a few years back when it so happened that um, I endeavoured into different fields of business than the training field that was originally my uh, home and uh, comfort zone. I was venturing into the more administrative uh, field uh, of business and uh, it was an opportunity, it was an arrangement which I had to uh, team up with certain individuals and uh, pursue this endeavor. I was unprepared. A whole lot of things were unclear. I wasn't really managing any of my expectations, nor any of the expectations that were maybe put into me. And I ended up not doing very well as I was moving very insecurely, not really relying on what I've learned and I was not really led to believe that I was actually capable that these things can be overcome, these things can be learned and I was actually investing quite a bit of time and energy into this uh, almost to a point where it was unbearable for me to actually move on further because I missed my goal, I wasn't quite so successful in doing all of that and I wasn't really led to believe that I was doing well. Well, long story short, I hit a wall that clearly showed me that I had to take a break. It was not very pleasant. Um, I took a longer leave, uh, giving myself some time to rethink and also maybe correct some of my decisions and it was someone 
who I've known before, who actually witnessed me uh, walking into that little tragedy of mine back then, who would reach out to me very carefully, cautiously, and uh, ask me a very unspectacular things like, how am I feeling? How are you doing? How are you coping with this? I've seen you before. This is not this is unlike anything I've seen from you before. And that was a period that went on for weeks and months. Uh, and he always made sure he would reach out. He would just ask me out for conversations, for having a coffee somewhere there on the side, even just for 10, 15 minutes, trying to make sure I would not let myself go and slip and maybe give up on, and also remind me that I had a history I could look back onto and, and find valuable items, things I've done, things I've accomplished. He would just simply not give up on me. He would maybe be seeing potential that I wasn't able to see at this stage. And he would actually get me to a point to convince me that um, maybe it would be a good idea to restart all over again, get back into training and try to trust myself again and believe in myself again that that what he was seeing would eventually be also the things I'll be starting seeing again. And that would be a, a whole lot of digging in the past and, and, and also seeing the now and the prospect future eventually. And that impressed me quite a bit because there was no absolutely no reason why anyone should, should have done this, why should anyone should have cared to that extent. Um, but the way... I felt when all of this happened and also how it felt that somebody actually cared and I felt it genuinely. It also helped me in starting to believe in myself again. And actually, long story short again, <laughs> I went back and it was quite a successful re-entry into a field that actually was my field right from the beginning, but I lost it somehow. And that was also partially due to due to bad leadership I was exposed to and also my own mistakes and uh, maybe not realizing exactly what it would take in terms of developing myself and looking at myself more clearly. So it was a good leader who helped me to see again. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that personal story. This also points to what I explained in the very beginning of the episode. The person reaching out to you was not your line manager. So really anybody can be a leader and lead people to the best of their potential. This brings me to one question. Christoph, who can be a leader and what do they need to have? Oh, absolutely anyone can be a leader, in my view. And it does not necessarily have to do with any personal responsibility um, in, in the classic sense. And when you think it doesn't, then in fact it does. Because you're always going to be responsible with how you interact with people. So just to give you an example, um, you don't have to have a team lead role. You don't have to be head of the department or CEO to start leading people. It could be about projects. It could be about delivery items that you have deadlines for and you're supposed to lead a group to work together. Um, this is maybe how you interact with your colleagues, that you look, you're looking for your own strong points and how you might be able to share that with the other team members. And you're looking for other strong points other people would have and, and try to learn from them. I was often 
times put into the situation and I've seen others uh, being in that situation too that although their role wasn't designed to be uh, in, in form of uh, their role wasn't designed as a leadership role they would still take over certain tasks and projects and would show the rest of the team and also their line managers that there's actually a sense of leadership to be observed and when people actually willingly take over responsibilities they're being held accountable and they take pride in what they're actually doing and that is not just delivering to their line managers but also what it means to them to interact with their teams with their team members and how much feedback they receive for maybe doing something well or not well and they're thriving actually being exposed to that situation and I've seen a lot of people handle um, quite diverse situations, sometimes even a lot of stress involved. But just the mere fact that they were actually entrusted and that they were actually uh, seen capable uh, would unleash so much energy and so much focus and so much enthusiasm that was unbelievable what sometimes uh, individuals can deliver just because of that. And, and I'm a very, uh, I said, advocate of this uh, principle that it's really not predetermined that he or she is a good leader because, but it's really many moments, and we might have a chance to talk about that too, many small individual moments and events that add up to a bigger picture and sometimes you don't see the big picture because you don't grant those moments you're not uh, accommodating those moments for the team or individuals in your team for me it's now really interesting that you bring up this point for myself it was always working in a team working together on things but my very first experience in leadership where I consciously knew I am now leading something was when I was handed a project to deal with uh, with multiple people from the team assigned to this specific project but I was going to organize that whole thing which led me then to recognize okay I need to distribute tasks I need to check whether everybody's feeling okay with the tasks they've been assigned I need to check how they feel, whether I've given them too many tasks, maybe, or I've given them tasks with unrealistic deadlines. And this was, as I said, the very first time that I felt I'm leading something myself. And at that stage, we were actually working in a team together. And you, with your experience, had already done multiple of those projects. so. What I actually did was looking at how did Christoph sometimes deal with, with a situation or something? How did my line manager deal with a situation like this? And trying to figure out what now the right approach for me is with the person I'm being to approach that situation. So not just copying something, even though copying a good style of leadership is, of course, something you can do, but... You, in my opinion, you need to make it your own, otherwise it's not authentic. And after that experience, 
reflecting on on things I've done before made me realize that even a trainer in a training is a leader. You are teaching people new skills and you need to understand how to approach them, how to trigger the brain with the different kind of learning styles or maybe neurodivergencies to support them in the tasks that basically you assigned them learn something. Um, yes, uh, at the end, um, all those smaller fragments, which are quite important, but it actually shows that you have maybe attained uh, a skill set over time, will feed into the outcome and how maybe fast and maybe how quickly and how energetic people are going to develop. But maybe just to demonstrate of what I really what I really want to bring across, and I happen to agree with uh, Simon Sinek on this one. I actually uh, have to clearly admit that this is not my uh, original statement, but uh, it's really intriguing when I listened to one of his former uh, talks and conversations where they actually tried to extract the essence of good leadership. And I said there's many little sub tasks and, and, and skill sets you would definitely require, and we could talk maybe for hours, but he compared it's like when do you realize that you that you're in love with someone is there a certain point in time we can measure and and where's the metric in this when did you realize you're in love so at this the same is true in my opinion when did you realize uh that you're a good leader did somebody tell you one day or when did you actually tell yourself when was the time when you said i'm a good leader and made me think that, and I quite agree, is it's not about the intensity, about the forcefulness of you being becoming a good leader, but it's all those little things, all those little aspects, those components, which might be seemingly unimportant as individual, maybe, events or situations, but it's about consistency. When you add up those little things, when you make your decisions of how you how you treat people around you, that you look into the eyes, that you say good morning, that you actually wait for a reply when asking somebody, how are you doing? And not just drift off, as he said, oh, I'll have a meeting, I have not a whole lot of time, I'll be gone now and uh, talk to you later. So it's about all those little things that add up, the consistency of how you approach your environment and your world that eventually will add up to a notion that maybe you and people around you would then develop it's like it's a good leader. He's just genuinely uh, consistent in what he does and how he delivers himself to his audience or to his environment. So this has to be pieced together step by step. And it's always about the transitions. You can sometimes cannot measure an event or an outcome as me going to the fitness studio for one day and looking into the mirror and I can pretty much uh, promise you I'm not going to see a difference. I'll go the <laughs> second day, I'm not going to see a difference either. So is it useless to do? Is it useless to uh, go work out if you want to get back into shape just because first week around, second week around, you're not seeing anything? You know that your mindset, you're convinced that me going to uh, have physical exercise is going to eventually get me into shape. I don't know exactly when that will happen. Tomorrow, 
in, in, in six months, in a year. I don't know when, but I know it will happen eventually because I'm going being consistent, I'm being persistent, but how am I going to approach it? I'm convinced. And that is key, I think, instead of you looking at your intensity and, and uh, always looking into the doing the right things, getting your tool skill, uh, toolbox, your skill sets all in order. But it's about gestures sometimes, about people recognizing you as being the person who you'd like to be in leadership. That brings me to one last question regarding this leadership topic. With all the different situations where you have been a leader, being a team lead or in, in leading a project, any other situation, what is one key skill in your style of leadership? It's an interesting one, as I'm sometimes debating with myself and wonder what that could be. As a, obviously, if I had the right answer that fits everyone, I'd be probably uh, getting a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. Have, having solutions that uh, one fits all would be excellent. Uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> But that is unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, not the case. But how, no matter how much I turn things and come up with arguments and underlying reasons for why the things are the way they are, It always brings me back to one very important point, I said, um, and that's self-awareness. Um, you will learn a lot about yourself, and sometimes that will not pan out to be always a pleasant experience, because you sometimes, in, in self-doubt, you sometimes have heroic moments, you sometimes uh, do not know why things didn't work, because you planned them so carefully, and what it brings you to is to have a closer look at yourself because that is according to what I'm convinced uh, very much needed to actually have a look at the person who you are because you're you're a construct of yourself and uh, obviously other people also have the freedom to uh, make a version of you in their heads uh, so how you're being perceived and to constantly match this up with who you think you are and what people perceive you to be. And knowing about yourself and trying to get to know you well without cascading behind smart advices and, and tips that you might have learned somewhere and really trying to get to the bottom of, of yourself and how your relationships work, what you find valuable and what you like to have Uh, as a vision and, and uh, present your team to is actually a step in the process that is very much important, I believe, yes. Thank you very much. Now, the last time you were here, I asked you what kind of coffee you are and you said you're, <laughs> you're a French press. Yes. What I would like to do this time is to have a little bit deeper into that. If you're a French press, what kind of, of bean are you? Are you like a darker roast, lighter roast? Well, uh, actually, I hope you don't mind me answering. I'm, I'm, I'm would be probably the medium roast. Um, having learned a bit about coffee as well, I, I'd maybe describe it this way, that I'm, um, I have a tangy taste. Uh, so it's not too harsh. Uh, it's not too earthy. It has started... the caramelizing but it's not burned to any extreme note like chocolate or, or, or 
smoke. Uh, so the medium rose is probably much preferred by a whole lot of people. Maybe I'm the <laughs> uh, large, uh, fall into the largest category. category. So yeah, medium roast for me. It's the full body experience. Not too much acid, but a good full blend. That'd be me. That does sound like a tasty coffee. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This concludes today's episode about leadership. Thank you, Christoph, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And all I have to say is, I'll speak to you soon. Arrivederci. Have a beautiful day.